Hello, and welcome to FM On Demand with Tara Fitzpatrick, Food Management's podcast. I'm your host, Tara Fitzpatrick. And today, this is a really cool episode. We are getting the scoop on a longstanding relationship between food marketing students at Niagara University and the food marketing professionals at Rich Products. It turns out these two things are neighbors. They are in Western New York State. And I actually reconnected with somebody, um, Jamie McKeon. She is Senior Vice President of Demand Creation at Riches. And she reminded me that I met her like a while ago, like six or seven years ago at a press trip to Rich Products. And I was able to drive because I'm close enough to Western New York State that it was not that long of a drive. And it was such a memorable trip because the first thing that they did was take us on the Maid of the Mist to see Niagara Falls. So it's like, I had never been on that before. So that was really cool. And then even cooler, we got to hang out with some chefs from around the country um, who I got to meet. And there was a couple of people there that I knew. And it was kind of just like a collaboration where they were developing new um, menu items and Rich Products really does have a commitment to working with um, on-site food service people and sort of like letting that collaboration lead the way for their innovation. And this latest thing, they're working with this NU Food Marketing Center of Excellence and there's an advisory board. And basically what happens is the company gets to work directly with the students and it's kind of become a pipeline for finding talented food marketing people from the university. And that's it's such a concern for college students these days and I, I guess forever that <laughs> you want to be able to find a job after you graduate. That is such a big deal. So this is just a really cool partnership and I think it could work like in other settings. So this is really um, kind of a good idea. So thank you for listening and please enjoy. Hi, Jamie. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Tara. Great to be with you today. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And we have like some pretty cool things to talk about today. Um, I wanted to start, I always ask people kind of, how did you get your job? How did you get into this? Well, I I have to say I've spent my career in marketing um, across a few different industries, including tech and building products um, Hmm. on my home in food about 25 years ago when I joined Riches, uh, which you know is one of the largest family owned food organizations um, in the US and, and actually has a global footprint. Um, And at Riches, I've had the opportunity to work across brand marketing, um, leading the development of our brands, our consumer-facing brands like uh, FarmRich and CPAC, uh, led marketing um, within our food service business. So um, got my um, great experience in food service. And then uh, recently uh, was named to lead an area of new capability development called Demand Creation. So that's where we're really focused on the advancement of capabilities like the digital customer experience, um, breakthrough innovation, think about platforms that are really game-changing within the marketplace, health and authenticity, strategic insights. Um, so for me, it's really been a journey of learning over, over that time frame. Yes, all of that stuff is so it's your marketing background obviously is coming in handy because it's it's so different nowadays. You're doing so many different things. And 
demand creation. I wonder if we could go back a little bit to that. Now, my brother is in demand planning with like a yes. manufacturer. So he's, his job is like looking to see, like try to determine like which stores are going to need what and when. So is creation, like, is that about like making people want something? You got it. It's okay. about, about kind of the end to end customer journey or consumer journey. And then just making sure that you know, we're there for them throughout that journey, you know, um, whether it be, you know, kind of what we would call upper funnel, you know, where mm-hmm. we're trying to help uh, make, you know, consumers or customers aware of what we're doing or current customers that we want to, to help make a decision. Um, you know, they need information for, from us on demand, et cetera. So it's really about understanding the moments that matter within our customer's journey and then providing them what they need uh, throughout that, uh, those moments. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's very like all encompassing. It sounds like, and part of that is working with, um, a college that's nearby, right? I wonder if you could tell us about how does that, how did you get into that and how does that work? Right. So I have been part of Niagara university's, um, food marketing center of excellence since its inception in about 2016. And basically, um, Western New York has one of the highest concentrations of companies within the food industry uh, uh, hmm. in the U.S. And so that's interesting, huh? Ni- yeah, right. Yeah, it's, Niagara it's right was really inspired by a market study that they did in Voice of Industry Leaders around the need for talent. And so they brought, brought together um, a group of industry leaders to help inform the development of a new uh, program within their curriculum. Uh, their food marketing program, which was really designed to ready talent for the industry. So there are about 20 different organizations across food and beverage located in the Western New York area that have come together to really help build this program. Nice. So it's, it's a collaboration, like you're, you're working. And then in turn, like you get to kind of see like what um, college students are like the younger generation, like what is Gen Z thinking about, like in terms of food. So that seems like that would be like a win-win, like you would get something out of it too. It really is win-win. And, you know, we've, we've been able to partner with them, right. To like inform the curriculum, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, thinking about the future of talent and, you know, what the needs will be. Um, but also to leverage students, you know, to gain their insight, uh, to really understand how their, uh, behaviors and, you know, eating patterns and habits are changing. Um, you know, we've been able to serve as mentors and coaches, provide internships, et cetera, that really help to ready them. And really there's, you know, two-way learning, which has mm-hmm. been. That's so cool because, um, somebody who's currently in college, obviously that's something that they're going to be thinking of. Like, what am I training for? Is there going to be a job for me when I get out? So like, this is amazing. Like showing people, like just sort of different possibilities of like things that maybe they didn't know that they could do, but it's, it's related to food. Very cool. You know, Tara, it's super interesting as well, because obviously, you know, Gen Z, they, they love food, right? If you think about Mm -hmm. kind of social media and the trends, the food trends that start within social and within, Mm -hmm. but when they think about a career in food, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity And so this is really about helping students and Gen Z to really uh, see the potential within the food Mm -hmm. industry. You know, they tend to think of it as, you know, um, I might work in a restaurant or I might work in retail, which are both great opportunities, but kind of opening up and unlocking, you know, what it really is all about from an opportunity perspective, you know, from sales, marketing, brand management, digital marketing, insights, analytics, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And 
helping them see the possibility to advance and grow within the world of food. Oh yeah. And I, I just, I kind of feel like Gen Z has such an advantage, like in the marketing field, because they're already doing so much of this stuff. Like they are on TikTok, they're doing reels on Instagram. And it's, it's like people my age were like, can someone teach me? Can I, can I figure out how to do this? And then by the time we figure it out, it's not cool anymore. So that's, that's why I've been holding back on TikTok. I was like, the moment that I figure it out, it probably won't be the cool thing anymore. I'm definitely a spectator. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think there's this idea kind of, um, like across like lots of industries where it's sort of like, where are the people it's like, and I think there's a place for it, but it's, I don't think that like every social media platform has to be like, how can we monetize this? Like, how can we get on it? Because it's like the on- authenticity is like a dead giveaway if you're not really, knowing how to do it. So there's, I don't know, there's a lot of like weird areas to it. Yeah, we've, you know, we've really focused, you know, from a social perspective on, you know, inspiring our customers with possibilities and inspiring consumers with possibilities. That's what they really want, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where we focus our our efforts is, you know, on creating inspiration Mm -hmm. on customers and consumers. So how to create new things with our products, et cetera. Um, That is going a long way for us. That is cool. Yes. Cause it's like, if they can say, Oh, here's this hot trend. And then here's an easy way. Here's a product that will help me be able to participate in this for the people that I'm serving. And then they can be the trendsetter. So it's like super cool. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And like perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about next, which is like what I consider the fun part, um, just food trends like this year, what have you been seeing? And it's, I, I'm kind of, I'm not sure what I'm seeing. So <laughs> I'm so happy to, I, to get your input. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about like the major kind of like mega trends that we see and that we're responding to. Yes. As Great. you know, there are trends that come and go. Um, but you know, we yeah. try to identify those that we think have staying power. Yeah and really get organized to, to deliver, um, you know, greater impact against those. So the first, and I know you've heard of this, right, is really the plant-based space, but I'm going to, I'm going to that a little bit and talk about plant forward, right? And so obviously uh, plant-based plant forward uh, continues to grow in the market. Yeah. We're seeing like a 62% increase in yeah. based uh, sales, you know, people are loving it, which is good. Plant-based like eat more plants. Yeah. Right. And then then the 35% faster growth in plant-based food sales uh, relative to traditional foods. We're seeing that also within our own business. We have a very um, robust and growing portfolio of plant-based solutions for our customers and consumers. And um, we have a leading position in the marketplace in plant-based pizza crust. I don't know if you know that or not, but if we're eating a cauliflower crust anywhere, you know, within food service, within retail, highly likely. Um, that it, it's from riches. Okay. So you guys have, you've perfected that. So it like, it seems like the most pizza crustiest of the cauliflower crusts. It sounds like <laughs> we're, we're, we tend to be the brand behind the brand. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. But what we're seeing there really is that consumers, you know, want balance. And so the idea of like, I want it to be plant forward. Mm-hmm necessarily a substitute or an alternative that might not have the best ingredient statement. Mm-hmm. Our focus is in, in more in the plant forward space. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that millennials and Gen Z, um, Gen Z to the tune of 60% are trying to eat more plant-based foods. Um, okay. It's going to be really important, not only today, but put to our future. And obviously then right. you have the positive environmental impacts 
of plant-based that um, Gen Z consumers really are looking for brands that align with their purpose, right? Align with their mm -hmm. values. And so, you know, as part of um, our efforts, we uh, really are looking to provide those sustainable solutions in the place too, that mm -hmm. align with what, you know, our emerging consumers are looking for. Yeah. People are definitely looking at that more than ever. Cause it's like this, you know, our environment, it's, we gotta, gotta get sustainable and for there to be like a future of food service. Here, the other one for us is snacking. And I just have hey. to <laughs> sat through a session yesterday. Uh, we're doing some discovery work on the snacking uh, trend, but Ooh. it's a massive trend globally and COVID has like permanently impacted. Yeah. Uh, of snacking. And I think it has to do with our working from home behavior. Yeah. I was going to say it changes what your day looks like for so many like working people for sure. Right. Yep. So 21% of the working population now works through lunch and they consume snacks through the day instead. So yes. you have big morning, this mid morning snacking occasion that we see as a huge opportunity. Oh yeah. So this emerging late evening snacking opportunity, which tends to be a little bit more indulgent. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true for me. I'm like a monk in the, in the morning. I'm like, Oh no, I couldn't possibly have more, but at night I will eat anything. Like I don't, it's, it's really like a Jekyll and Hyde situation for me. I need start to start the day. Time. Right. And yeah. And yeah little it's treat. Like, I'm so good. And then it all falls apart at like 9 PM. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm with you. I understand. Yeah. So are you seeing like, kind of like spicier snacks? I know, like, especially like for K through 12, like I hear a lot about like, oh, they want everything spicy. My daughter doesn't, but, <laughs> um, is it, are you seeing like kind of more like snacks that have like some pop to them? Yeah, definitely snacks with pop. And also <laughs> what I would say, first of all, taste rules, regardless mm -hmm. if it's, you know, salty, very, yeah. you know, with heat. Mm -hmm. And obviously we have a, a big business in sweet snacking as well as yeah. snacking and in the sweet space. I mean, it's about leading with taste. Mm -hmm. So want less guilt. Like, so if you can find a way, you know, to help consumers indulge, um, yeah. with a permissible indulgence, we call it with less guilt. Um, you know, whether that be through a cleaner, cleaner label, you know, ingredients that they understand, right. Right. Um, delivering that pop with less sugar. Um, is, is really, really important or like a small little portion of something that is indulgent. And, but then yes. again, the, the kind of idea of like hundred calorie packs, like that, it creates more packaging, but it's like, I, I think as humans, we need something to stop us from just consuming the whole, it's, it's sad. It's like, <laughs> I need to have pre-portioned little bags and then create more waste with that. But Tara, you're what you're on to uh, a huge trend there. <laughs> Basically, so we and so we compete in the in-store bakery market, right? So we offer a lot of solutions to retailers that, um, you know, are are serving consumers through their in-store bakeries. And one of the things that we're seeing is this changing nature of celebration, this idea of my moment. Like I want, oh, I like that. Like treat treat yourself. I can treat myself, or I can indulge. <laughs> and so we're developing solutions in that space. So you know, from you know kind of major celebratory occasions to like, I just want to treat myself with something really good and I want it to be smaller and I want it to be indulgent. So hmm. at least seeing that trend. Yeah. I think that's such a healthy way of eating too. It's like, have something that's a treat, but have a little bit, like it doesn't have to be like a counterfeit version of what you really want, because then you're still going to want that after, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
Hey, the other thing I, I just wanted to mention was, you know, we obviously work to delight the consumer. Mm -hmm. um, operators have really had some challenges. And so we're, you know, when we're working on innovation, we're looking to really serve two needs, right? The needs of the consumer, but also addressing operator pain points and yeah. labor has been the single biggest challenge for our customers, obviously. Yeah. Um, they, are, they are sharing with us, help me innovate with what I have on mm -hmm. hand. Mm -hmm. um, bring me more things that are fully finished that maybe I can add a special touch to, or I don't have to add any touch to. Yes, that's such a big deal because there's different levels of skill and experience in the, in the kitchens now. And like, as you said, labor, that's like what every single one of our operators, like if you ask them probably like what's keeping you awake at night, like that would be up there that it's one of them for sure. So yes, labor, I mean, labor is in the top three for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> for us. Um, and yeah. you know, customers most, most importantly, we, we actually, um, just yesterday had a, um, uh, we have a culinary live, obviously culinary is at the heart of how we bring, you know, ideas and inspiration to our customers. And so we yeah. did that through the pan pandemic and we had a culinary live event. Um, the name of it was Parbake to Perfection. And <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Right. And chef Glenn For Forbes and Lenny Lagasse from our, our culinary team actually we're, we're working to inspire um, operators with easy solutions out of our Parbake portfolio. Um, you can find it on richesusa.com, but my favorite um, inspiration of the day was Chef Lenny's uh, brisket grilled cheese. Oh, that sounds amazing. Right. Took our a, a par-baked brioche roll, turned it inside out. Oh, okay. Carrier for a grilled cheese. <laughs> I know. Comfort. That's so smart. I love that. How fun. Like just like a hack like that is, is awesome because you'd have the surface that you need on the other side. And then of course the brisket and the grilled cheese. I I've written about grilled cheese so many times and I just never stop. And same thing with Mac and cheese. It's like, people just love comfort food. I, it's, I hope it never goes away. I <laughs> just, it's something that's so, especially as we get into the winter season, like just have some cozy snacks <laughs> for sure. Again, it's one of those other things that never go away. <laughs> for sure. Yes. And then speaking of yeah. Speaking of things going away, like what are some trends that you would like to see go, or maybe that you see fading away a little bit? I had said keto, like, I kind of hope that that goes away. Cause I just don't think you should do that. I'm in your camp on that one. Um, and you know, we do see some, you know, remnants of that trend mm -hmm. that are still in play. Um, in, intermittent fasting was like the hugest diet trend last year. So you always have these diet trends that it's are true and things like that. It's so hard to say. And just like, as like a consumer, like as, as like a woman, like it's hard to, um, because it seems like there is some science be, behind that intermittent fasting. Like, it's like, you don't want to write something off just like, oh, that's a fad. Cause at first I was like, that's, it's not healthy. That's disordered eating. That's not, you know, but it's like, uh, maybe there is some science and in a sense, I kind of do that. Cause I don't really eat breakfast until much later. So it's like, maybe we naturally do some form of that anyway. You think about the changes during the pandemic. Maybe we were forced, <laughs> forced right. knowingly. I know. But the other, I think the, the only other comment I'll say there is I feel the things that are fading away are kind of those things that are on opposing ends of the trends that are growing, right? And so if you think, um, you know, consumers want real ingredients and taste, right? Yeah. Products don't deliver, consumers are trading out. So like even in the plant 
base space, you have this category of like substitutes and alternatives, right? Mm -hmm. Don't have like a hero plant-based ingredient, right? And the ingredients don't look that great. And those brands in that plant-based meat space, they're seeing some headwinds, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was that big story, like in the wall street journal or something like recently where it was like, Whoa, this is not going as good as we thought it was going to go. So it's, and it makes sense. Cause it's like, people are learning that overly processed stuff is not good for you. So it's, it kind of makes sense. And so this idea, right. Of focusing on plant forward, right. So hero ingredients that people understand, ingredient statements that they can read. And mm. so like, what would be getting about taste? <laughs> right. Right. What would be a hero plant ingredient, like cauliflower, obviously for those crusts, um, chickpeas, yes. tofu, you got them all. And then okay. the, other <laughs> is, oh, the other one I would add is oat, right? So we oh, are yeah. seeing, um, a lot of growth within the oat, um, uh, forward space and have had some success. We, um, re- recently launched, um, an oat milk, uh, soft serve, oh, nice. which basically is a, a liquid oat milk, um, that is designed for a tailor, you know, ice cream machine. Oh, that's cool. Um, it, very popular in CNU, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, as an alternative to, to dairy and yeah. so some nice growth in that. And we're in the process of, um, launching an oat milk, uh, ice cream, uh, frozen dessert. Let's those so think oat milk ice cream cake to the market. Oh, that's so cool. What? Yeah. Because the milks are such a big one too, because it's like so many people can't have dairy or shouldn't, or don't like to have dairy. I'm luckily not one of them. I love cheese, but I just found out that my former mother-in-law is lactose intolerant. And I was like, Oh gee, I've served her many things that are very creamy. <laughs> and she was like keeping it under wraps, but I don't know why. <laughs> Or maybe she just forgot that she, I don't know, she's getting older, but yeah, oh my many, goodness. many people can't have that. It's like, it's there, it wreaks havoc on their stomachs. So something like oat milk that actually tastes really good and creamy is like a godsend for so many people. Yeah. And Tara, you know, it's like a two-part trend, right? You have those uh, consumers that have like a d- dietary need, right? They yeah, right. To avoid dairy. You have others that are just looking to add more plant into their diet. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a, it's a delicious way to do that. So, um, you, you can capitalize on kind of both, um, areas and both consumer sets there with, with oat, for example. Yeah. It's kind of like there, your reasons can be your own. It's, and it doesn't have to be, I am, I'm a sworn in vegan and I, I never have anything that's animal product. It's like, you can have a little bit of both. And I, I think that's been the, the best change that I've seen, like over the last 10 years is where vegetarian and vegan food has kind of turned into plant forward, as you said, where it's like, I love vegetables. I eat meat every once in a while. Like you don't have to be like in one group or it's like more inclusive, I think. In some categories too, the concept of hidden veggies appears to be a good idea, you know, a really big idea for future innovation. So we're doing some fun work in that space as well. Oh my gosh. I just always think black bean brownies is the one because like nobody ever can know that there's black beans in there for some reason. They're just so sneaky. <laughs> Ooh, we might look at that idea. I love it. Yep. Free it. idea for you. There you go. <laughs> I'll and, take it. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to ask are like any like sneak previews it can give us like things that you are kind of planning for the year ahead that you're excited about. Yeah. So um, obviously we're always innovating. Um, I'll I'll launch, I'll I'll speak first about a couple of our most recent launches, and then I'll, I'll talk about some things that are ahead. 
Um, obviously, we talked about uh, plant-based pizza um, and our plant-based pizza crust. We are innovating in the chickpea space as well. So um, some really nice things coming there. Um, one of the other uh, major innovations that we've launched that is really uh, catching uh, on, it's on fire in the marketplace is what we call soft whip. And it's Ooh. a foam topping. So think about being able to create like a high-end beverage experience uh, with a really delicious soft foam topping on both, uh, you know, either a cold or a hot beverage. And it's, nice. it takes labor out, like typically when you're making foam back at house, it's like, yeah. You know, to five steps. This is just like simply shake and pour. Oh, that's um, cool. So, yeah, seeing a lot of success with that. And we also launched a, a lineup of fully finished donuts in response to our, our customers' needs to meet today's labor challenge. So we're seeing a lot of mm -hmm. attraction against the platform in both uh, C stores as well as in store bakeries. Um, our customers want to deliver a fresh donut experience, but they don't have the labor to deliver that in house. Oh anymore. yeah. Yeah. That's a whole and business. And it's also a trend. I was just in LA and that's a real donut town. So I, it's just like donuts are really, really just here to stay. I think for sure. Right. And so just think about the best fresh donut experience you've had. Right. And we are helping our customers deliver that to their consumers without labor. And so, um, yeah. We expect that to be a big winner for us. Mm -hmm. Looking ahead, um, this is the fun part, right? So I mentioned I have, um, you know, uh, the opportunity to lead breakthrough innovation. And so we're always looking at, you know, where we can innovate for the future. And we talked about it earlier, but this idea of breakfast and late evening snacks, um, some of which have more of a better view or plant forward focus is a huge area of innovation. Um, space that we're working on. We've got some really interesting um, platforms coming out. One that I'll mention that is close to the finish line is an espresso uh, bar that is a plant forward solution nice. um, for that mid-morning snack, provides a little boost of energy along with a, a plant forward and a great taste. Um, I got had the opportunity to uh, taste the, the latest prototype of that a few weeks back. And uh, we're really excited to get that one to market. Oh yeah. That sounds very good. Definitely. And that's another thing that's kind of perennial. It's like, we, we need to have good coffee in our life and espresso. Very fun. That, that definitely sounds good. Cool. Well, on that note, I, I think that it, we're almost out of time, but I I've got many more questions for you. So let's stay in touch throughout the year, the coming year, and we'll see, see what you guys have up your sleeves. All right. Thanks, Tara. It was great to connect again and uh, hope to see you soon.